Welcome to the Creative Diaries. Today I'm here with Damien Regan. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm super tired because this is ridiculously early for me at 12 o'clock. But, you know, yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned it was 12 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I know Damien through Soho Theatre and I thought you'd be such an interesting person to have on this podcast. I've previously talked to you so much about acting, your experience <laughs> in acting. And I, I kind of wanted to basically just learn... Wait, I'll actually start at the beginning because in the podcast, mainly I ask about people's childhood, teenage years, if they had creative parents, what got them into creativity. So I was wondering when you were younger, what led you to get interested in acting and the arts? Um, I suppose when I was very, very little, I, I was always just a bit of a gregarious child. So when people have imaginary friends invisible friends I didn't I had uh, an imaginary audience and I used to sort of think that I was Roland Rat and I used to perform for my audience so yeah I grew up in quite a I wouldn't say necessarily a creative family but they were very open to us as kids being creative so although say my mum and my dad weren't necessarily people who got on stage and did amateur dramatics or did art classes or things like that, they were totally down for myself and my brother and sister to be like that. So it was like, yeah, quite cool. So were you the class clown? Yeah, I suppose so, yeah. Certainly like as a young, young child, absolutely, yeah. And you must working for Solo Theatre have met so many crazy characters and learned different things about the industry. Yeah, absolutely. I I work with amazing people every day i uh i work in the bar so basically people are happy to see me when they come in i'm i'm the guy who's always with a smile and yeah i meet amazing comedians and creators and writers all the time like yourself kira oh <laughs> how long have you been working there i've been there for nearly three years oh okay so quite a while yeah were you there actually when phoebe waller bridge was doing her show there uh, Fleabag, I was there for an incarnation of Fleabag that uh, Phoebe was doing and then another that um, Maddie did. Yeah. And what led you to apply for the job there? I was working in another bar and I wanted to move and it was mentioned to me that there may be some bar work going and I thought, ooh, it's a theatre as well. Oh, I've got to go. It just looks like fun. And I got there and, um, yeah, loved it from the start. So, yeah. When you were younger, what did you want to do? Oh, millions of things. I think probably mostly I wanted to be a Tyrannosaurus Rex. But then as I got older and decided that maybe I wasn't going to grow up to be a Tyrannosaurus Rex, I decided pretty early on that I wanted to be a performer and so then I went through school did my school did performing arts in sixth form and then at about the age of 18 I did uh, a year at the Bridewell Theatre which is uh, at the bottom of Fleet Street I did absolutely everything there I did wardrobe, I did ASMing, I did props, I did I operated lights in a very, very basic way. They let me perform once or twice. And um, yeah, that was an amazing experience for an 18-year-old kid. Because at that time, it was run by uh, a lady called Carol Metcalf. And what they did was amazing 
off West End musical theatre. I met loads of old school performers who taught me how to be within a company and how you behave within any kind of theatre company so that people want to employ you again. And yeah, I got a lot out of that as a, as a young man. Yeah, that's a very practical experience. Yeah. Did you have any formal training after leaving school or was it all practical experience? Well, I did three years of musical theatre at a school which is now no longer existing, which was called The Voice School. And then I did an associate diploma with London College of Music. The three years that I had, what we had was amazing singing technique. And we'd do like an hour of breathing and warm-ups every day, 13 hours of dance. And that was a full-time course. Yeah, so, yes. That's amazing. So what did you do after training? Did you go for auditions or bar work straight away? It was always sort of a bit of both for me so yes I did auditions and I worked on a, f- on a few things I did some puppetry um, which I loved and still love I still make puppets and things you know always good for making presents and stuff really handmade puppets handmade puppets oh. yeah. <laughs> I, I loved that but I also always worked in bars at the same time as well and now I've sort of moved on more to bar because I think in a few years time if I manage to get my own bar I've got a theatre Ta-da! would you put on your own shows would you commission shows I think I would like to have a space to begin with and see what happens with it see what's natural for the space i think that's really important for bars generally but i think particularly theater bars and there are some amazing theater bars in london that i've just got so much fondness for and i think what works well is when they are right to themselves which means that you need to find out what you are first like soho theater in a way does a lot of comedy and they really seem to promote diverse especially i I noticed they do a lot of yeah. LGBT plus. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, and I'm, I'm absolutely sure Soho Theatre is not the same as it was 10 years ago because everything needs to evolve and yeah. change. But I think Soho is very much a product of where it is. You know, we're right in the middle of Soho. We have a, a great space where people from all walks of life feel free and should feel free to perform and, you know, have a voice which just sounds like I've just given an advert for Soho Theatre. <laughs> <laughs> what direction would you go in, do you think? Where would your bar be? Oh, where would my bar be? Um, ideally, 100% ideally, it would be around the Kentish Town, Camden Town, Hampstead, Northwestish area. That yeah. would be like the absolute ideal. But to be honest, wherever I could get one, I reckon give me the space, I can make it work. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a nice way to look at it. Like, Yeah. yeah. If you were advising people who want to get into theatre, you have training and practical experience. What would you say to someone that's a teenager that wants to get into, you know, musical theatre, acting in general? I would say, first of all, go and see loads. Make sure that you, you know, you know about musical theatre and you know about performance. And give yourself a little bit of time. Um, Don't think, you know, I've finished school now i must get straight into one of the big one of the big drama schools give yourself some time join the amateur dramatics groups get yourself a little bit of experience then go and audition and when you audition audition for all of them don't get your your heart set on going to central or rada audition for the lot 
Because I found personally one of my main things, which is shocking now, but I remember when I was 17 and I went to university and I I did business, but I felt like it was never going to happen because it, it just seems like people that are making it are making it very young. I don't know why, because acting is something you can get into at any age. Absolutely. And I think uh, I think a lot of acting is to do with life experience. I think you you need to be able to identify with a character and it's going to be very hard for an 18 year old to actually even identify with an 18 year old character because you've only got that much experience so are you still applying for stuff even though you're doing a lot of bar work uh right now it's on a back burner for me i made the decision a few years ago that actually i do need to focus on the bar side of things in order to move forward and get my own place so right now it's on the back burner what were some of your most memorable roles uh i played edward the second i did not play edward the second i played <laughs> i played Earl spencer in edward the second which was a, a great show it was a site specific at st bartholomew the great in farringdon and uh, it was all done in a kind of 80s style. And Spencer is an awesome character. He's um, essentially Edward II's second lover. And in real life, and how Marlowe writes him, he's just a wrong one. He's a complete caricature of just nastiness and sneakiness. He's very, very sneaky. And so I really like that role because I thought, I can't be a cartoon. You have to give this character a dimension. How do you do that? And the way I did it was, although he's sneaky and although he's trying things, he is absolutely in love with Edward. 100% smitten, besotted from the first moment he meets him. So that when Spencer is dragged away to be killed, spoiler alert, after I've done the spoiler, but, you know, it's it was written 400 years ago. So yeah. um, he has this beautiful beautiful speech it's really kind of floral language about everyone lives to die and dies to live and it's just beautiful but it needs to mean something and had i been essentially a panto baddie throughout it wouldn't and then also what's great about that particular part of the play is the very next line is something like enough of your pontification or something like that because Marlowe doesn't write liking pretty things doesn't like writing pretty things um <laughs> he's uh, he literally just says yep very very nice words now you're going to be killed it's brilliant <laughs> what would you work on if you had the opportunity and you could choose anything whether it be a play or a film i think it would be live performance i think there's something very very special about vibing from an audience yeah i think i, w I would rather work on live performance i mean as an ideal role because yeah. I, I, I am Seymour Crowborn. Okay. Little Shop of Horrors. I absolutely am Seymour Crowborn. And yeah, that would be my number one role. What is your process like from getting a script to end results? What kind of things do you focus on? For me, I'm quite technical, I suppose, as a performer. I absolutely believe that there must be a reason for every breath, every movement. And so I will take a script and just pull it apart entirely and do my, my units and objectives and all of that. I'm very much like that. And I find that's an easier way of learning a script as well. So if I fully, fully understand what the character's thought process is, the actual text comes a bit easier for me. What advice... I'm going to speed asking you all my questions. One of the things I've been asking people is what advice they'd give to their teenage selves. So it could be 13, 16. I mean... 
a pivotal moment of your teenage years, what advice mm. would you give to yourself? Um, it gets better. Oh. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't um, the happiest or most confident of teenagers. I had a bit of a bit of a tough time in school, I suppose. Um, and so, yeah, if I was to see sort of fourteen year old miserable grungy Damien, I'd say, cheer up, mate. It will get better. Where were you born? Uh, I was born in Northwest London. Okay. Yeah. Was it quite a strange thing to want to get into acting, or did you have peers that also kind of wanted to get into the creative arts? And um, Yes, I did, actually. I mean, I did sort of drama classes from about the age of 11, you know, sort of evening, you know, Thursday nights, I think they were, and Saturday mornings. So it wasn't an odd thing to want to get into at all. And then growing up, a lot of my friends were hip-hop artists and into music themselves. So I was always around creative people, like as a, as a teenager particularly, yeah. Do you think they influenced you? Oh, yeah, massively. Absolutely. Um, 100%, yeah. Have you worked with any of them since since you've gotten older? Um, have I? Little, the smallest bits, you know, like um, I I worked on a, a music video for a friend of mine years and years ago. Gosh, must be at least 15 years ago um, for <laughs> my mate Kashmir. And he did a, a track called The Ark, which I believe is on YouTube if you... YouTube Kashmir the Ark and I made the Ark that's in it. Well, I made the top of it. I made it look pretty. Okay. <laughs> Someone yeah, else built the, the box. You did the important bit. Yeah, you absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I covered it in gold, which is very much my kind of thing, as you know, Kim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true actually. One of the things I've also been asking people is what story would you tell on Graham Norton's Red Chair? Do you have a funny anecdote, whether it be working in the bar or your experience in musical theatre? Oh gosh. Um, put you on the spot that really does that really does and I can't be funny (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't have to be funny scandal will do as well (laughs) Um, I had this thing I just had a house party it was after one of the seven dials nights and um, kind of fell over in slow motion I think I knew (laughs) it was going to happen I bent down to pick up my coat and I kind of went like and then I fell over and grabbed onto someone's leg and it was it was Ed Knight (laughs) slightly awkward yeah slightly awkward at least I know him so it wasn't as bad it wasn't like a yeah and he's a lovely guy yeah I'm sure he wouldn't have minded oh okay so I'm sure he wouldn't have minded just feel up his leg (laughs) (laughs) well you know I said he wouldn't have taken it badly Um, (laughs) so years ago and I was teaching drama classes and I had a bunch of kids doing uh, a Midsummer Night's Dream which is an excellent Shakespeare to do with children because it is genuinely funny and not in a kind of English literature teacher (laughs) type way as actually genuinely funny Um, and so one night they'd done a performance it was last night and I was about maybe 20 and so we had a, a party afterwards and I fell asleep during the party and apparently I was directing in my sleep. I was literally telling children to speak up and let's see your lovely faces and <laughs> in my sleep, which was very amusing. Well, that's lovely. Maybe you have a hidden a hidden talent. Of of directing. Oh, maybe, maybe. Yeah. I I I've I've worked I I've never directed adults, um as a yes. lot of sort of yet. As a lot of actors do i've done quite a bit of teaching kids and directing kids and i've always loved it 
like always loved doing that. I remember same show, Midsummer Night's Dream, and it was on in a tiny theatre in Watford, which had a corrugated iron roof. And parents came to see this show, and this one night they said, I love that babbling brook effect you had going, but why was it on throughout the whole play? What was actually happening was it was pissing down with rain oh. outside, so they could just hear the rain all night. So. <laughs> Yeah, God. I had this thing with GFC Luxembourg because I was doing a business degree and then we had like a semester abroad and I was working there in Luxembourg. We worked for about five months on this play and I played this like really angry teenager and that was mad on weed. <laughs> mad on the weed. <laughs> mad um, on the weed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, everything was changed the day of. And I remember oh, I was there because I was so young. They also just gave me a sugar packet to pretend... It was the weed. So <laughs> what? <laughs> had, had anyone ever seen weed? <laughs> I was just there with my sugar packet, like <laughs> smoking. And then um, I forgot my line. I forgot what came next. I was it was one of our first times working with uh, personalization. And he went, "I really want you to imagine your mom when you're talking about this." So I did. And then I went, "Oh God, what's next?" Like, and there was about a five minute silence. Um, like it was so long. And then, but people thought it was planned. It was only all the cast afterwards that were like, what happened? And I was Love just like, it. Oh. Actually, I've, I've had that once where um, I'm running on stage and it was all a big, dramatic, quick scene, quick scene moment. And I get on stage and I'm meant to deliver a line and the guy wasn't there. Oh. He had forgotten to come on. And someone was waiting for me. My line was a cue for someone else to come on. So they're waiting for me. I'm waiting for him. In the end, I rang back off stage, ran to the other side of the stage where the guy was and pulled him on doing the line so that the next people could come <laughs> off, which was, you know, fun. Yeah, that actually sounds hilarious. But then someone said to me afterwards, yeah, that was a that was a brave choice that you looked so bewildered at that, that point. Yeah, I, I, I was bewildered yeah. at that point. That was that was very method. Yeah, people were like, such a talented actor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are some of the best shows you've been seeing this year? Have you been seeing a lot of shows at Soho? Uh, yeah, well, I, Soho, I went up to see um, some of the Soho stuff at Edinburgh, which is coming up now. There, there was some amazing stuff in that. Um, so Typical was awesome. A very, very difficult play. A very, very difficult play. And not one you come out of smiling, but rightly so. And uh, I don't really want to tell say too much about yeah. it. I thoroughly recommend that. Uh, there's one coming up called um, Drinking Run with Expats in Malta, which is just awesome. Absolutely awesome. Okay. Um, also, I saw Fleabag a few weeks ago oh. at, at Wyndham's, um, which I'd never seen live, which was great. Really, really yeah. good. Loved that. And what else have I seen? Well, I, I saw the Harry Potters um, on stage, which was not a Soho show at all. That's very West End and was spectacular. Was it The Curse of the Child? Yes. Okay. See, I'm I'm not a Harry Potter fan. I've never read one of the books. I've never <laughs> watched one of the films. But um, uh, I know someone who was in the cast, and so we went to see it to support them, and they were amazing. And, yeah, I it's spectacular. Yeah. Really, really, like, wow, that's spectacular. Thankfully, they did a lot of explaining of the lore because I was a bit like, I don't really understand this. That's crazy. Have you seen Game of Thrones? Nope. Damien. I've never seen Game of Thrones. Oh my god, have you seen Star Wars? I have seen Star Wars. Thank god. Um, the Ridge Tridge, and that's it. I never watched Breaking Bad. I never watched The Wire. Why? 
<laughs> you just like to leave yourself not have nice things. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. Um, yeah, uh, no, I just I don't get into things in that way. But you must be so bored. Like half of the conversations I have at Soho are listening to people being like, "Oh, watch this. Oh, what did you think of that man?" And I've never seen it. And I'm always just like, oh, it's "So good. It was so good." You know, I just blag my. <laughs> <laughs> I can so imagine you doing that. So I was like, yeah, <laughs> that's it. it was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I remember I saw uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. This is like going to be a spoiler. Have you seen it? Um, I've not seen it, but I've already had the spoiler because a friend of mine went to see it. Okay. And loved it. So at the end, when Sharon Tate doesn't die, yeah. I thought that that attempt was... I still thought that they were going to come back. So I remember I went to see Mike <laughs> afterwards and Hector, and they were like, what did you think of it? And I was like, oh, I felt so bad for Sharon Tate's character because obviously they come back and you know murder her after yeah. that. And he was like, no, no, Quentin Tarantino changed the ending. <laughs> So I thought it was just like cutting it off before we, you know, I thought they would have come back like the next week or something. I did not get that at all. Anyway, um, so much for my blagging skills are obviously terrible. But I suppose that's also because you have knowledge of the case itself. That's your brain going, boom, ah, right, so this happens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely take things way too literally. Someone said like, uh, write a list of shit superheroes. That's an exercise we were doing during the week. And I was like, Iron Man, Spider-Man. I actually listed shit superheroes. And everyone mm. else was like, David Cameron. And they had like really <laughs> funny ones that I was like, oh, you can think outside the box too. <laughs> oh, see, no, I, I would want to be kind of getting really technical with like really like bad, like 1950s type superheroes would be like my thing. So, yeah, oh, I yeah. understand that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go for like bojo the mayor or well bojo now the pm that's really bad that i still think of him as the mayor how long ago was that like five years ago not long enough (laughs) (laughs) i did i did promise my girlfriend last year that if um boris got in as pm that we would leave the country we haven't yet don't (laughs) we'd be going to ireland if we did i always i still have hope yeah (laughs) I do think you do really well in Ireland though acting wise yeah yeah I think there'd be a bit of acting I think it would be getting the whole theatre bar thing in a way would be a lot more attainable in Ireland I think people are really open to small theatre in Ireland I love that about Ireland and there's such a strong amateur um, tradition where it's not seen as less than at all if that makes sense I mean I don't know is that your experience in Ireland I didn't, I didn't really try to get into acting in Ireland, which is crazy. I did some very small stuff around Limerick, which they were trying to in, improve. Mm. But people, they had one main theatre that kept opening and closing down. And then we had our youth theatre. My main exposure was when I moved to Luxembourg for about six months. Yeah. But I didn't really try. So someone, for example, like um, Adam Moyle, who's <laughs> mm. going to be on. I have actually recorded his episode, just not put it out yet. But he was in 20 short films before he moved here, and it was just because he knew yeah. people. I think that there's there's a lot of creativity. Like, yeah. a lot of creativity. You need to look for it and be confident. Mm. I think, in a way, without massively generalising about a whole country, I'm about to massively generalise about the whole country. I think Irish people can be very creative and very outgoing and happy to share that. You know, I know um, I grew up in a family where if the whole family sit around and they're having dinner and then you have a game of cards and then someone will tell a story. Yeah. Someone will sing a song, you know. Aww. And that's yeah. that's just how, how I grew up, which I think is quite common with Irish families. Yeah. Okay, so what's next for you? Because obviously 
this theatre plan, is it in the near future, do you think? No. No, I think I've got a good few years before I'm in a position to to take on something myself. Um, so, at the moment, I'm really happy at Soho. You know, like like I say, you know, I meet wonderful, creative people all the time. And I really enjoy being behind a bar. Like, it's it's not a second choice for me. Yeah. I've always loved bar work. In the immediate future, I'm I'm very happy where I am. Yeah. Um, I think moving forward, the next step would be getting hold of a place of my own. But I think that's a good few years away. All right. Yeah. Where can people follow you then if they want to keep up with your story? Uh, you can't. I do absolutely oh. no social media oh whatsoever. God, yeah, oh. I'm not here being like, yeah, check out my Insta. That's. No. Not me. I'm you have no Twitter, no Facebook, no Instagram. Nothing. No Snapchat. Nothing. You can pop into Soho Bar and say hi. Oh, that's a nice way to go. Yeah. Damien Regan. <laughs> <laughs> hi. <laughs> Ask I'm for him at the door. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah it's, it's a very nice bar. Come and pop in. <laughs> yeah, it is a lovely bar. So I did say Soho Theatre early on. I'm so sure. Yes. Yes. All right. Thank you so much for coming today. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah. No, it's been great. Thank you. <laughs>